Okay. Uh, how much time do I have? Twenty, thirty minutes. Okay, very good. Well, hello everyone. Uh, today, oh, uh, I'm here in Gold Forest, and uh, we are all participating in our all our way places. Uh, I'm sorry, we cannot uh, hear. They can't hear us. Thank you. We can hear now. And uh, we, uh, uh, I thank you all for coming to join us in participating in this uh, very, very first time we're doing the Medicine Master Buddha's Repentance. I'm glad you're all here. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm uh, very uh, uh, grateful that so many of you showed up, and I'm sorry here we kind of a small way place. Uh, and uh, we apologize for the inconveniences, uh, kind of tight spaces. Plus, uh, it's the first time we're doing this, and therefore, uh, lots of things that we're not doing properly. Technical difficulties, in particular, uh, sound is not right, and, uh, and so forth. So uh, we apologize, and we promise to keep on improving, okay? Keep on adjusting for this. Uh, and also, I'm very uh, grateful for our uh, people in Korea uh, who are uh, participating and joining us now. Now it's uh, about almost 2 a.m. Uh, in, uh, in uh, Korea. So, 안녕하세요. <laughs> Look at all these people. <laughs> 2 a.m. Uh, I hope you don't have to go to work uh, today. <laughs> All right, uh, and so uh, this is uh, uh, this is uh, first, and also uh, so far so good. Uh, the ceremony is done pretty well. It sounds like you rehearsed uh, together already, so uh, you can chant, and the chanting is pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'm impressed. You guys can really, really chant. Uh, and um, I hope uh, that uh, there, there's, uh, we can um, do a better job overall. Uh, it's not just uh, the chanting, but we want to make sure that, uh, that your uh, experience in joining us would be uh, pleasant and uh, useful to you. Uh, all right, um, let's see. What else shall we talk about today? Uh, anyone has any questions, uh, comments so far? No questions, no comments. Thank you. I thought there was a question somewhere. Uh, from JC, go ahead.
Thank you, Master. 이 귀한 약사참법 자리를 마련해 주신 승가와 마스터와 승가님들께 진짜 진심으로 감사드립니다. 땡큐 마스터. I really appreciate giving us this precious moment to do the Medicine Master Buddha Repentance. I really give all my appreciation to Master and Sangan. Thank you. 아, 이제 질문 드리고자 하고 싶은 것은 제가 보통 이제 참법을 할때 대비 참법을 하거나 지금 약사 참법을 할때어이그 처음에 그법 도중에 제가 과거에 어그 올바르게 하지 못했던 신고의 그 사업의 그런 잘못된 행신들이 그런 어떤 상념들이 떠오릅니다. So the question is, uh, when I do any repentance, for example, great compassion repentance or today's repentance, the things that I did in the past is arising in my mind. Ah, 그래서 때로는 제가 저 그래서 여쭤보자 싶은 거는 이런 어떤 그 상념들이 어쩔 땐 생각이 이제 너무 잘못했던 것들이 많이 떠올라서 하나하나 이제 그 참회를 하고 이제 불보살님들께 그 잘못 수고하고 다시 안 짓겠다고 이제. 순간순간 이렇게 참여를 하는데 어 이런 것들도 어 가만히 생각 드는 생각은 이런 것들도 너무 좀 생각이 많이 생각을 많이 하는 게 아닌가 이런 어, 어 이제 그런 이제 좀 통찰이 되곤 했습니다. 그래서 이렇게 이제 잘못된 행신들이 떠오른 이 상념들을 어 그대로 이제 내버려 두는 게 맞는 것인지 아니면은 좀어 이러 이것도 생각이니까 어 이것도 좀 너무 이제 과하게 떠오르는 것은 좋지 않은지 여쭤보고 싶습니다. So the question is sometimes I notice that there are thoughts of repentance arising during the repentance. Uh, I think about each everyone and I pray to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas that I will never commit the same offense again. So my I'm wondering that these thoughts are arising and sometimes it might be too much. Should I just leave those thoughts alone or do you think uh, these thoughts are just too much and interfering. Okay, when you repent, when you do the repentance, uh, thoughts will arise. Uh, uh, like uh, in, in Wang Ho's case, and there are the, the uh, uh, thoughts of your past offenses, things that you feel bad about, and no, would arise. Uh, it's a natural process. Uh, these thoughts arising in your mind uh, is uh, actually a confirmation of the efficacy of the process itself. The process is designed to help you contemplate and think about your past offenses. You have to think about the past offenses and bring forth a mind of uh, repentance and reform for it to work. And therefore, for him to uh, uh, have these such thoughts arising in his mind shows that the repentance and reform process is working. So it's a natural process. You don't have to uh, do anything in particular. Uh, you just, um, just uh, the thoughts will arise naturally, and uh, you, uh, you don't have to do anything. They will die by themselves. That's a process of repentance. Okay? You don't want to uh, react to it. 
Even when you 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 resigning uh, doing your recitation and these thoughts arise, uh, you it will arise naturally in your mind. You don't need to do anything at all. You continue, okay. And those thoughts arising actually are are uh, being addressed by your repentance uh, process. Okay, so it's a good thing. Uh, don't worry about it. Will arise naturally and keep on arising. Uh, until they are erased. They arise, they arose in your mind one whole because those are the offenses, they are not resolved yet. The karmas you created have not been resolved. That's why they arose. But once they resolved, when they are eradicated, then they no longer will arise in your mind. So, don't worry, they will arise naturally and let them arise and that they will die by themselves and eventually uh, you'll find out they don't arise anymore. That means uh, your offenses have been erased. The retribution has been eradicated. All right? Any other questions? William Malcolm has a question. Yashi Rulai, Master. And I just also want to say thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to do this repentance. Um, during the repentance, we there's, a, there's a, a part where it talks about all the things we should be repentful for and puts me in a very solemn place. And then after that, it gives a, basically the rewards of doing the repentance, you know, getting rid of karma, removing demons, riches, health. How should we understand those things? Because I want to reform without seeking reward, but the Buddha has put that message in there. So how do I understand it? Could you repeat the question, please? Yeah. In the ceremony, there is a mention of reward, health, wealth, removing of karma. How do we understand that without seeking? Okay. Um, the, the repentance text is very rich in meaning. So it's a natural uh, process when we do these uh, repentance uh, ceremonies repeatedly, we understand more and more of the text, okay? And you see the text is, has uh, mentioned so many, many, many things, okay? Uh, and it's uh, part of the uh, cultivation where you learn about uh, the Dharma and the uh, the repentance process itself, or what it addresses, okay? Uh, the repentance, this particular medicine matter of Buddha's repentance, uh, not only does it help erase your karmic offenses, but it also uh, creates a lot of blessings for you. And that's part of the vow of medicine master Buddha. Uh, in fact, uh, his 
uh, this, this type of dharma is so effective, so efficacious, that it's surprising that uh, I don't know why it's no longer that widely practiced in Asia, in China, for example. Uh, they, they're losing track of this, how powerful this dharma really is. Uh, and when you do this dharma, you, when you do this uh, medicine master Buddha's repentance, you will eradicate a lot of your offenses, uh, countless offenses, and also you will be creating a lot of blessings. That's part of the vows of medicine master Buddha. Uh, and therefore, uh, what are the question is what are how can we do this repentance and not be greedy for all these rewards? Okay, you don't need to be greedy. The mere fact you're doing the repentance will create a lot of blessings uh, without you having to seek it. Okay? Uh, so the seeking, uh, actually your greedy mind, your seeking of these rewards will not help you at all. It will, not, will, will actually reduce the amount of blessings you're going to have because of your seeking mind. So simply, uh, in order... To avoid these, uh, these, uh, this greedy mind, simply, simply don't, don't, uh, don't seek. That's all. You just said, uh, this is a chance for me to do the medicine master Buddha's repentance. And uh, by you merely concentrating on the process, participating uh, single-mindedly, you will see the reward yourself. You see wonderful things happen to, uh, to your health. And the benefits you get from this uh, repentance process. Uh, and the more you don't seek, the more you simply concentrate on bowing, on chanting, uh, that simple process right there, concentrate in the process, you will get a lot more out of it. Whereas if you sit there and say, oh, wow, this, uh, this text here says, I will get a job, I will get uh, uh, um, a lot of good things, uh, good um, uh, material things that I will need in my life. How wonderful. That's called false thinking. There's no need for that. Okay? That's the Dharma, the text itself, only explains the Dharma to you. There's no need to be greedy. Yeah. It's, in fact, if you just read it for the sake of reading it and not uh, think about it, not be greedy, then you get a lot more blessings. You get a lot more out of this, uh, this uh, dharma. Okay? So you're only greedy because you don't understand how to do the repentance and reform properly. This dharma simply is uh, the great assembly dharma, meaning that, keep it very simple, the great assembly means that you do like everyone else is doing. That's all. They bow, you bow. They chant, you chant. They chant loudly, you chant loudly. They, they chant uh, in silence, you chant in silence. Everyone does the same thing. Everyone. Okay? That's called the Great Assembly Dharma. And it's a wonderful, wonderful Mahayana Dharma that the Chinese have. Okay? Uh, it's very, very powerful. Uh, and uh, this is uh, a signature dharma of Mahayana, where we do a lot of great assembly dharmas. In itself, this is how we cultivate together 
Don't think that you're here by yourself. You know, it maybe look like a small place at Way Mountain, at DTT and so forth, but actually there's lots of you here and also a lot of invisible beings who are joining us and participating in this process, okay? And therefore, therefore, we all are doing the same thing. All these invisible beings are also bowing, just like us. They're chanting just like us. Why? Because they also, just like us, need to repent and reform as well. That's part of cultivation. This is the, uh, the superior uh, completeness of Mahayana cultivation. We cultivate with many, many facets of cultivation. It makes our cultivation a lot smoother, and you get much bigger results. And one particular thing here uh, is the Great Assembly uh, Dharma, Great Assembly Cultivation, meaning that you, by coming here, by joining us, are actually are benefiting not only through your own chanting, your own, your own practice, but you also are benefiting from the power of the Great Assembly, again, which also includes the many invisible beings who uh, have wisdom, who have incredible uh, power, incredible samadhi power. Okay? And, and so, you see, each Dharma assembly here, we the, in the Chinese call the Great Assembly Dharma, is because it's for many, many different types of cultivators. In particular, uh, don't be fooled by only the uh, visible beings. Actually, there's lots of invisible beings. Okay? Mm -hmm. I don't think Master Shirinoha is here today, but uh, when I was at his temple, uh, when we were doing big assembly dharmas, uh, he was around. Even after he was dead, I occasionally saw, uh, 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 it was reported that some people saw him in uh, our temples, in our way places. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, lots of Invisible, invisible beings, lots of bodhisattvas and mahasattvas are participating, I assure you. Okay? And therefore, uh, you, don't, you don't need uh, to be uh, greedy. Just do what everyone else is doing. Concentrate on that. That's all there is to it. Very, very simple. And that process sounds simple, but actually it's rather, rather involved because it means in order for you to concentrate and do what everyone else is doing, you need to control your afflictions. Hmm? Hmm. You feel that your neighbor chants too loud, or the music, uh, you, know, the, the, uh, you have all sorts of afflictions when you are together with others. Okay? That's why it's called a great assembly, because it causes great afflictions for you. And that's how we cultivate, by looking at the afflictions inside of us, okay? Don't look outside, don't blame others. This process is that, is that when we have so many people together, kids, old and young people, uh, you have afflictions. And this is, uh, would help you uh, focus on uh, your flaws, your afflictions. All right? Yes, Way Mountain.
Uh, how often are you planning to do the uh, medicine master repentance? Hmm, good question. Uh, how often do you want it to be? Uh, we have so many dharmas. Actually, uh, I'm, I'm very pleased that our uh, nuns have been practicing, working hard. Our people and you too have been working hard on rehearsing and practicing this medicine master Buddha's repentance. And you do it uh, very, very well. Uh, uh, and uh, it, it, it's, it took a lot of, uh, took us a few months, a, few, uh, a lot of time to prepare the, uh, uh, the uh, books that we use as well as rehearsing. Uh, so uh, now that it seems to be uh, doing well enough, we should do more often. My idea is that I'm open-minded. Uh, we have a lot of... Um, uh, I travel a lot myself. I, I need to travel more, especially to Korea, and because I have a lot more disciples there, uh, left home disciples and lay people disciples I need to train. And uh, so uh, this is why, you see, we invested a lot of money into all the inter-temple, fancy audio and video, and keep on investing more and more to make it so that you feel uh, as if we're all cultivating together. Okay, and this community of cultivators, which I'm very proud of. You are such so hardworking, so sincere uh, in your cultivation, and we do everything possible to support your cultivation. So we will uh, do a lot more on these Buddha, uh, Master Buddha's re, uh, medicine, Master Buddha's repentances as time allows. In particular, when I travel, uh, then uh, I would probably recommend. Uh, uh, suggest that you do master this uh, repentance and because it takes a whole day and uh, so forth. How is that? Does it make sense? Yeah, we do as often as you like. In particular, when I travel, we should uh, be doing it. Not only this, but in the future also, I would like to, next, I'd like our people to start uh, practicing the Emperor Liang's repentance. Okay, I really like let Dharma. I like to do it. Okay, uh, this year, next year, we'll be shortening our winter cheese. Uh, therefore, we probably have, probably have more time to do more dharmas. Okay, more ceremony dharmas. Okay, so what do you think? How often do you want to do this medicine, Master Buddha's repentance? Once a quarter, once a year, two, three times a year, or what? It's up to you. We can, you can, we can, we can talk. We can tell your, your local sanghans. Okay. Any other, any other questions? I thought there's a question. One more question about uh, four-stage art, whatever.
We also are uh, making ourselves available to answer questions from you, for you as well, about the Dharma, because what we're doing is help uh, share our understanding of the Mahayana uh, with everyone. Uh, so that's why we welcome your questions. Uh, whatever we don't know how to answer, we tell you so. Uh, uh, here is a Wei Mountain question. Um, this is from Sean Ross. He sent an email to info at chanpeerland.org. I have a Dharma question for the Venerable. I wonder why Chinese Mahayana Buddhism teaches that becoming an arhat is only a step on the path, and that after becoming an arhat, one can become a bodhisattva. In Southeast Asia, some monks who have become arhats said one cannot reincarnate again after becoming an arhat. It is impossible. Are the Mahayana Sutras telling us the truth? Okay. Uh, in the future, blow it up on the screen so that we can all look at it. Um, it's easier. Uh, it's clearer for everyone. Uh, so the question, let me repeat the question for you. The question is about four-stage ahat. According to this um, man here, sounds like a Caucasian person who read the books and then uh, has some interest in learning, understanding the process. He says that according to the sutras, uh, the four-stage ahat uh, will uh, be a very important milestone. And then after you reach four-stage ahat, you should shoot for bodhisattva positions. Uh, that's correct. Okay. Uh, that uh, this, the Mahayana Sutras, uh, especially uh, as a commentary, Mahayana Sutras, when you read Mahayana Sutras in English, I will highly recommend that you read uh, the proper sources, meaning that you read the proper translations into English. Translation is very, very important. In China, for example, back then, for them to have Chinese sutras the emperors, the Chinese emperors, countless Chinese emperors would sponsor uh, the translation of sutras by importing and by bringing in uh, Indian masters who were, who were enlightened, who were also uh, very, very uh, knowledgeable uh, about the Dharma as well as the languages. So as a team together, they translated into Chinese sutras and therefore, the Chinese sutras, the texts, are excellent quality. They're very, very accurate. Okay? Not only that, after that, once they have their own translation, their own vocabulary, their own jargon, then uh, they cultivate it. And because of the accuracy of translation, they reach very, very high level. Translations matter. It's not a joke. Okay? So that's why when we translated, when Master Shirma brought Mahayana to the U.S., so he spent a lot of, invested a lot of energy and, and efforts into training the translation. And they have translation standards. So in terms of translation of Mahayana texts, I, my personal feeling is that uh, the texts, uh, the, the English texts from his side, the RBA text, I think they called Buddhist Translation Text Society, BTTS. Okay? 
their translation to English, by far to me, is the best. This is the most accurate. It's very, very good. So uh, as a commentary to the person who submitted the question, I would read the proper text myself. I would not bother reading the, for example, scholarly text. The texts are translated by the scholars. They don't understand. For example, I uh, looked at the translation of the Avatamsaka Sutra into English by, what's his name, the various uh, versions. Uh, Thomas Cleary, I think is a very famous one, a thick, thick book. Uh, uh, cost, used to cost me over $100. Uh, and that text is awful. The translation is awful. It's so inaccurate, okay? So the scholars uh, are terrible at translating uh, Mahayana texts. Hinayana is not bad. Mahayana, they don't understand at all. That's why the translation is terrible. So as a reminder for this, uh, this uh, person uh, and all of you, when you read the text, uh, be careful about who translated, okay? Again, in English, I would, I would recommend uh, the uh, uh, Master Xuanhua's uh, English uh, texts. Uh, for example, Vietnamese, uh, it's not that good uh, because uh, the level of translation, the people who translate in his dharma into Vietnamese is too low, and therefore they missed a lot of subtleties. If you translated the dharma wrong, okay, it causes a lot of problems. That's why I found. I found personally that I read a lot of texts, translated texts from different sources, from scholars, from monks, from lay people, and from Master Shenhua's organization and other organizations, other monks and nuns. And I found, after looking at all of them, that by far the English text is much better than anyone else, Master Shenhua's texts, okay? Uh, and, uh, and uh, unfortunately, the Vietnamese text is, uh, has a lot to be desired. It's not bad, but uh, uh, again, uh, uh, it misses out on the subtleties of the advanced Mahayana Dharma, okay? And, that's why when you read the translation, you read the low-level translation, your level of wisdom is this low, okay? The same text, okay? When you read Mahayana text from DRBA's level, it's this, this high, okay? When you want to go higher, you want to go back to Chinese because even the English translators are not that good. That's for, therefore, for example, when they translated Chan texts, I'm very, very precise for you. When they translated the Chan text, my masters, disciples, the Chan text translation actually are not that good. They don't get it, okay? Let alone when you go to a much higher dharma called Avatamsaka Sutra, they, you have even bigger problems, okay? And therefore, be careful, sir. Uh, this gentleman who submitted the question, be careful of what texts you read, number one. Number two, you also 
but in general, the question, the, the text says about uh, you go from Ahats next to the Bodhisattva hood, that's correct. Okay? Uh, furthermore, uh, he also quoted some monks in Southeast Asia said that once you reach fourth stage Ahat, you no longer revolve in the reincarnation wheel. Okay? Now comes the next part of my recommendation. Also be careful as to who you listen to. Not all monks are the same, clearly. Okay? And therefore, uh, this particular monk here, is he an authority? Is he credible enough to be able to say those things? For example, okay, we monks, for example, have uh, these uh, standards. Monks are supposed to lecture on sutras. Hmm? You want to become a real monk. Eventually, you have to lecture on sutras. Especially in this Dharma ending age, you have to explain sutras to people so that they know how to cultivate. Sutras are a very big means for us to propagate the Mahayana, propagate the Dharma. Therefore, you must study sutras. So for every single monk, our standards are very simple. How many sutras have you explained? How many sutras are worthy enough for it to be printed? Because once we print a sutra, it's there forever. Your name is linked with that. Okay? And people who criticize you say, this part of your explanation, your, your sutra, is wrong. Okay? So therefore, you have to be careful as the references as to who these people are. Uh, you don't know. You're not in a know like we are. We are, we are, this is our profession, this is our expertise. Therefore, you don't know any better. But uh, there are a few simple rules you, you can tell. How many sutras has he explained? How many sutras has he published? Worthy enough for publishers to spend, invest the money and the resources in printing your sutras? Hmm? How credible are these publishers? Okay. Uh, and so forth. And in, unfortunately, in the US right now, unlike in China, in China, back then, they have a system called patriarchs, where you can go back to the patriarchs, whether it's Mahayana patriarch like Master Shenhua, or a Chan patriarch like Master Xuyun, and so forth. When you go to a patriarch, you know that the answers they give you are correct because they're certified to be knowledgeable. They're certified to be qualified to transmit the Dharma to us. Okay, that used to be the case in China. And Master Shihua brought it here, and therefore uh, he brought the system here. Uh, so he designated second patriarch who's still uh, hidden. So therefore you don't have the same certification anymore. I am sure in the future you'll find much better patriarchs in a future generation. We won't let it happen. We won't let the Dharma die here in the U.S., okay? We will uh, have more competent patriarchs to serve you, to help you, okay? And so you go to these patriarchs, they give you the proper answer, the proper uh, knowledge. Don't just believe anything. Don't believe me. 
for example. I'm no patriarch. You should listen to everything I say with half an ear only and question, okay, and question yourself and verify and check it against the patriarch's teachings or the suture's teachings, okay? Yeah. So this person here uh, from Southeast Asia, to me, sounds like he's not really a very knowledgeable monk, okay? While it's true that a force jahat is no longer uh, subject to the real reincarnation. He's above birth and death. However, it doesn't mean he will never go back to the wheel. That's nonsense. Okay? Uh, you cultivate in order to be free from birth and death. What does it mean to be, from, be free from birth and death? To be free from birth and death meaning that you control how long you can live. Okay? It's up to you. You can decide to go when you want to go. No one can, can tell you, can force you to go. You can go anytime. And Forte Jahai can live very, very long. Okay? Uh, and, and, and that's why it means that you are beyond birth and death. You have no more birth and death because you can live as long as you want. Okay? That's the text information. But to say that he will never reincarnate shows that this person, this monk here, this Southeast monk here, does not know what he's talking about. While the text says that you are above birth and death, does it say that you no longer have birth? It doesn't. Nowhere does any Buddhist text say, I've read, I've read a bunch, a lot, uh, a lot of texts in my younger days. Uh, nowhere it says that the monks and nuns uh, who are four-stage arhats uh, no longer are born. It's impossible, impossible for them to be born. It shows that this monk here, this Southeast Asia monk here, is basing his answer on the books. He's not basing it from experience, from talking to the people who are four-stage arhats or higher at all. So he's speaking nonsense. So the answer is, he's wrong. Uh, in my humble opinion, he's wrong. Uh, monks who are nuns who, are, who reach four-stage arhats, uh, they uh, can control how long they want to live, uh, when they want to die, and they, if they choose to, they can come back to the wheel. Why? in order to do their work. However, personally, if I were to meet a Forte Jahat from Southeast Asia or from anywhere or who wishes to come back to the wheel, and I've, saw, I've heard some, for example, as a Vietnamese Forte Jahat, who is a master, who's a teacher, who's a grand master of Master Xian Chu, who's in uh, Vietnam right now, and he's uh, presently uh, stationed in Korea, uh, working in Korea, helping the Koreans there on our behalf. Uh, and he's uh, traveling to Vietnam right now, and he should be back soon, right? Within a week or so. Uh, and so uh, his um, grandmaster uh, left the home life at the age of six or seven and studied and practiced with his teacher in the forest. 
in the wilderness, the two of them together, that's it. And so he's a four-stage ahat. So he did a lot of work, great work. He helped a lot of people using Vietnamese tantras. Vietnamese tantras are very, very powerful, let me tell you. Okay? Uh, it's, uh, the Vietnamese don't know that because the Vietnamese mantra group is very low-key. Tantra schools, you're not supposed to go and, and push yourself on others and promote yourself. That's not tantras at all. Okay? The real tantras of Vietnamese are very, very strong and they are very low-key. Unless you know them, unless you have the blessings, you will not be able to enter them, encounter them. I, when I wanted to, uh, to practice Buddhism, I went to the Vietnamese temple and asked, I want to learn mantras. Can you refer me to a, a, a master of, uh, who specializes in Vietnamese mantras? And uh, the, the uh, big monk there refused to introduce me. Okay? He said, no. Oh, he ignored my request. You see, so the, in typically, the, the tantric practitioners are very selective. They don't teach anyone. They choose the people who have the proper requirements, characteristics to teach. What kind of people? I don't know. I'm not a specialist. But I know one characteristic is that you must have a good heart. You're not going to use these mantras to bully others, to harm others, to take advantage of others and benefit yourself. Never do that. You don't use mantras to make money, to seek money, to seek temples, to seek notoriety. Okay. That's not why we use mantras. We learn mantras in order to, to uh, keep the demons in check so that we can help the world, yeah. keep it peaceful. That's why we do mantras. Okay. And so, so that's why so this, uh, going back to this Vietnamese master here, he has some real skills, and uh, he passed it on to Master XC. Uh, so you want to learn Vietnamese mantras, I highly recommend it. Uh, uh, learn from him. And uh, he, uh, he's a four-stage ahat, and when he died, he says, I want to come back to, because uh, my work is not done. I want to come back. Uh, and so... I uh, uh, recommended uh, to him that uh, he should not come back because he doesn't have enough wisdom to come back yet. He should go to the Pure Land, Western Bliss Pure Land. Don't come back, I told him. Okay? Uh, so anyway, uh, so, uh, so the point here is that they, the forces have a choice to come back if they wish to. All right? So that goes to prove to you that the four-stage arhats do come back, can come back, can reincarnate if they choose to. Okay? So sorry for a long answer. Time is up. Uh, so 
the, uh, the venerable monk there from Southeast Asia who says that they, the fourth stage arhats will never reincarnate is dead wrong. Ignore that monk. Stop here today. Thank you very much. <laughs>